Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. Welcome to another one of the Supercoach positional preview. So today we are going through the halfbacks, the linchpins of the team, the guys who will run the teams and get you your points. So again, similar to the other ones, we'll be going and breaking this up into tiers. We've got four groupings here and let's get right into it, guys. So the bottom tier consists of four players from players 14 to 17. We've got Kyle Flanagan, Toby Sexton, Lachlan Ilias, and Sean O'Sullivan. So these guys here are once again in this tier where Trap City or you might own at a pinch. So Sean O'Sullivan, I think there's going to be a lot of preseason hype around. You know, he's the lead man, probably the goalkeeper for that team if it's not Asako. Um, going to really steer that team around and get some points. I think they're going to struggle this year, the Dolphins. I think especially in attack, they're so short on depth. They still need another offseason to flush that out. I think this is going to be a bit of a, a learning, walking year for them. So I can't really see him going there and averaging gangbusters. Lachlan Ilias, again, uh, I think it's going to be another season like last year where you still got such a dominant playmaker like Cody Walker next to you, a dominant dummy half with Damian Cook inside of you, and a guy who just commands respect with Latrell Mitchell taking all the attacking stats. So I think Ilias is going to be one of those players where just another waiting year waiting you until you're ready enough to lead this team to where it needs to go. Toby Sexton isn't even going to play first grade. If they're going to play Campbell at fullback, they'll play Brimson at six, four and at seven, and then Sexton will be in reserve grade or on the bench. So I think he's just a wait and see. Kyle Flanagan is the only one that you might own. And I say that because in a draft league, he's somewhere where if he can really nail down that spot and the Bulldogs start going really well, um, he could get into his you know, Sydney Roosters averages. So he's one I'm just kind of watching. I got him there at 17 only because, again, similar to what I said about Avarillo, the one and the seven are the only real positions in this team where you go, is this the best option? And I think Gus and Serrato will make a change if they need to make a change. So that's why I've got him there. But again, I do like finding him this season for a bit of a bounce back. The next tier of our five players from players 13 to 9, Chad Townsend, Sean Johnson, Jackson Hastings, Adam Reynolds, and Luke Brooks. So with Chad Townsend, he's probably the one guy in this team that I would want to take a bet on. I just think that Cowboys team is going to be money. I think Dean is going to be the main playmaker out of the two, but he has got a couple of, you know, especially with his kicking game, he can get that floor up. So in a pinch, he's going to be on the waivers. you would suspect Chad Townsend. I think he's going to be someone who can, you know, in a buy round or if you need to, you know, through a suspension or an injury, get a two-week run out of, you'll probably get some use out of Chad Townsend. With Sean Johnson, he's home. This is the season if it's ever going to happen again for him. I do think he'll be able to link up well with Tamari Martin and Chance. Um, yeah, there's not much to say, but just that he's home for the first time in three years. Uh, he's such a player that runs on confidence and emotions. I think he could get a real crack in there. And again, I've always been a Sean Johnson fan. So this is the last season where you, you might get a semi-prime Sean Johnson year again, you know, win a couple of matchups in Supercoach. I'm all for that. Jackson Hastings at 11. He's going to be the guy this year where he has got a duel. And as we go through halfbacks and 5.8s, the way that they've ripped the duels out of these players is, you know, boggling. To me, it's like, there's not many players where 
you know, you can pick them in one, you can't move them in the other like in previous years. So Hastings is going to be very, very valuable in a draft perspective. He's one I've definitely got my eye on as a bench guy because, again, I just think that if you can switch in between the two, um, you know, I think he's going to be one of those guys that will, will last in a draft round. In Classic, uh, I can see potentially for a little stretch, depending on how Newcastle goes. If Newcastle is playing well, there is a chance that he can, you know, be picked up by a few teams getting that, you know, five to eight percent owned. Uh probably a bit too high, but I I am high on him this year and think he can do well. Adam Reynolds at 10. We saw last year has the games where he can go for a century, but also games where he can go, you know, in the 30. So can he stay on the park? Obviously, injuries again, he's another year older. Ezra Mam is turning into, you know, one of the great young playmakers in the comp. And you got Reese Walsh there who can come in there and also handle the ball. So I think there might be a little bit less load of a uh, less of a load on Adam Reynolds this year, and that actually might help him um, from a super coach perspective because he'll be on the field for more and more. And Luke Brooks at nine, I think Brooksy is going to actually have a good year this year. I think the Tigers will have a good year. Um, it's all about if him and Dewey can you know carry that team around and get the ball to the outside backs when needed. I think he can. He's always been a sneakily good super coach player, and I think this year, I actually think the depth in Fiverr is better than halfback this year. If you don't get Cleary and don't get Hines, I don't mind, you know, wading all the way down into the later rounds and stealing a Luke Brooks and a Jackson Hastings and just running that as my halfback for the season. That is definitely an option I'm looking at, uh, but well, I guess we'll see how that pans out. The second group, second last group, I should say, is a bit of a logjam. There's six players in this group, but to me, you're kind of splitting hairs, and I think that in their best years and their worst years, they all kind of average out. So from eight to three, Ben Hunt, Sam Walker, DCE, Jamal Fogarty, Mitch Moses, Jerome Hughes. So with Ben Hunt, obviously the Dragons form, where I think they're going to they're finish this year is going to obviously impact where I have him. I just think that there is such a load on him, and especially with Teletale Moan looking like he'll be out for an extended period of time. He is the only focal point of the attack, so you can just ball rush him all game, send two defenders his way. I just think that you know, if they shut him down and he, you know, averages around a 40, 50, uh, 45 to 55, it's going to be incredibly hard for him to average more than that because there's no one on the outs on the other side or other back that's really going to make you threaten from, you know, stopping him. So I think Ben Hunt's in for a bit of a hard year, and I think he is a bit of a trap this year. I think some people will try and pot it with him. Might be the wrong option there. Sam Walker at seven was really wanting to put him higher, but I just want to see a player while Luke Keery is still in this team. I think Luke Keery will command respect as being the lead playmaker in this side. I think Sam Walker is still definitely going to get his. I think the way he's taking the line on his little kicking game, as well as his goal kicking, will get better and better. So he will definitely score if this team is going to go far. But I just want to see one more, you know, give me the first five to seven weeks. That's a nice big sample size where you can kind of see how they're playing. If Sam Walker is the lead, the lead attacker, then by all means, jump on him. But I just still think while Luke Keery is there, you know, he will command the respect of that team and he will be the one that makes them go. DC at six, he is the guy that I think has the biggest floor to ceiling ratio here. I could see him finishing as high as three. I could see him finishing as low as 10. I really do think that he's in a very, very precarious position now. This team has become so dependent on Turbo. You've got a lot of depth in the fours now gone. I think you've got the loss of Kieran Four is going to really test out what Josh Schuster can do for this team. Uh, there's just a lot of question marks for me, and I think 
if DC is going to have a big year, he's going to have to really step up to what he's been doing without Turbo. I think he's going to turn into the DC of years old and really steer his team around. And if Turbo plays, that's a bonus. But I think they've got to kind. Of, he's got to kind of go in there and go. I'm the lead guy here. I'm the one that makes this run. Um, not waiting for Turbo to make a play out the back. At five, Jamal Fogarty. I think I haven't seen anyone have him this high. I think that he's gonna have a great year this year. To me, the two guys in the halves that I think they're gonna have really surprising years. I've got Dom Deaton in the five eights, and I've got Jamal Fogarty at halfback. I think those are the two undercover guys that if you can walk into a draft, get Teddy first. You can, you know, then get your hooker, your second rower, and you can come through and clean up Dearden and Fogarty, you know, in rounds four to six, seven. All of a sudden, you're laughing. I think that's the that's the punch I'm going to be kind of aiming for if I don't get the first pick for Cleary. Um, I just think Fogarty and this Canberra team, I think Canberra's going to go really well this year. We saw what he did coming off the injury last year. I just think that his goal-kicking, his visual awareness on the field and when to get the ball to certain places is... Really, really highly ranked in the in the comp. I think there's not many better hardbacks that can get the ball to where it needs to go in certain positions. And I think he'll show that this year with a full preseason under the belt. Mitch Moses at four. I've got him as a slide drop. I think that was the absolute apex Mitch Moses super coach year last year. I can't see it coming back. I could see, you know, around it, but he's not going to top it. And I think that the guy above him, Jerome Hughes, will top it. I think Jerome Hughes is going to really... I thought last year was going to be the year that he really take that step up. I think you saw with Karen Munster last year. He was so dominant last year, but there were points where he was tired and he really, you know, there was obviously a couple of games where Jerome was out, but I think Jerome Hughes this year really takes command of this attack. If you can have Cam Munster only touch the ball a couple of times a set and freshens himself up again, really take on the line when he needs to and make those quick decisions. That's going to be the way that Melbourne wants to play. I don't think they want to have the ball, the ball in Munster's hands all the time, uh, especially Puppethausen's back there as well. I think Jerome Hughes, lots of assists, lots of support plays. I think he can have a huge, huge season for the Storm this year. And that leaves the top two. That leaves, again, like the fullbacks, I've only got two guys in the top tier. Nico Hines at two, Nathan Cleary at one. If you heard my Super Coach last Supercoach predictions pod, I've got Cleary beating Hines by at least 15 average points here. I think he can crack the 90s this year. I think this is the Dally M year. He's the the first one in my Supercoach team picker. He is, if I get the first pick in the draft, he is the first one off the board. There's no doubt in my mind that it's a risk for you not to pick Cleary as first in draft. Uh, And I think that if you're not starting him in classic, if he really goes gangbusters those first couple of weeks and rises... He won't get under. I can't see a point where he'll go. Un, he'll go sub eight fifty nine hundred. I think it's gonna be that type of year that you're just gonna jump on. And you know, I know there was a, quite a few people last year that were like, "Oh, I'll jump on Turbo." I think this is different. This is a guy that surely can stay on the pitch. Um, you know, the the suspension last year was a one off. I don't think that will ever happen again uh, in terms of that spear tackle. To me, he's just the unquestioned number one in the game right now and. I can't wait to own him because I think as a Parramatta fan, obviously it was bittersweet, but he's command right now and all he needs is that Dallium. And I think they're really going to focus on staying fit to the finals and rallying around him and giving him that Dallium. Nico Hines at two, uh, touch on him quickly. We started touching on the fullback pod. Uh, forgot that he actually got the jewel taken off him. Uh, 
Obviously, he did play, I think, one or two games there last year, but they're very, very stingy with the uh, jewels this year. If Cam Hunter's not going to get a fullback jewel, then Nico Hines ain't getting a fullback jewel. So Hines, only a fullback. He'll still be highly owned, similar to the Panthers. They have a revolving, you know, moon around the, or- the, the orbit, and that's all him. Um, everything feeds into him. Matt Moylan, Will Kennedy, Blake Bradley there, not stealing points from him. He's a good goal kicker, can get better, so uh, you've, you can hope for a couple more points there. You know, I think they are one of these teams that will be in that top four battle all season, potentially even pushing for number two on the ladder. So I think he's one of those guys, if you own him, you'll be happy. You know, clear him go one. I can see Hines going in two in a lot of leagues. Worst case, he won't get out of the top four. I think, you know, from what he showed last year, the fact that there's not many jewels anyway this year, so it's not like you have to go find a jewel early because basically anyone who's going to get drafted in the first round doesn't have a dual eligibility this year. So I think Cleary Hines are a clear cut above the rest. But as you see, guys, I think as we go through halfbacks, the fact that there is less jewels, the fact that, you know, you look at guys even from last year with Hines and Walker, you know, you had your Sean Johnsons even, Lachlan Ilias's, you know, guys that could slip in and out of your of your halfback 5-8 slot. You can't do, or fullback, you can't do that this year. So, you know, you're going to have to pay a premium to get those early guys, but then once you kind of get past Cleary and Hines, you know, Hughes down to A-Ray, you know, maybe Hughes to Hunt, it's, you're kind of splitting hairs at a certain point. It's how do you think that team is going to go? How do you think that team is going to play with the losses or gains that they've got this year? So very, very fascinating for me. It's the one position where that will probably change for me the most on draft night. If I don't get one, if I don't get, you know, a top four pick, I could see myself either getting a Jerome Hughes or Mitch Moses in the late, early round two, or I could see myself waiting until potentially around four, five, six, and that being one of those other guys, depending on who falls and how the draft shakes out. But we'll leave it there, guys. That's another positional one done. We'll come back with a couple more. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.